Hello and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 242. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say a few words like like it's a prayer. No, I'm just going to talk at you for a second. And then uh, and then I'm going to read you this blog. Uh, and then uh, and then I'm going to sing you a song. So in case you're new here, that's what's happening. Um, so as promised last week, this this post, this blog is inspired by television because that's the, the the pattern. The last few like waves of the blog is like TV inspired post, pandemic inspired post, TV inspired post, pandemic inspired post. It's just swinging back and forth a little bit. I'm going to branch out. I'm branching out. Don't worry. This is we're not we're not stuck in this pattern. It's just uh it's just what's happening. In fact, they were not quite written that way. A few of them are like kind of chunked like these are all pandemic posts but I didn't I don't want to exhaust everybody with the same kind of uh thing over and over again so I have um held back or pushed forward things so as to not be beating on a drum yeah so and this one is uh, about a show called Velvet, or inspired by a show called Velvet. Velvet is another one of these Spanish TV shows that I am able to watch on Netflix. And uh, it also features some discussion of the show Gran Hotel, which is by the same people, and which I blogged about not so long ago, which is no longer available on Netflix, I'm sorry to say. But um, I think maybe back. We, we think it might be back. Anyway, Velvet is not as good as Grand Hotel, I will say, but it is very satisfying. Uh, And for one of the reasons I'm about to tell you in this blog post, which is called Men Crying. Disculpe, pero I cannot stop watching Spanish television shows during this pandemic. This is the third time I know... But I'm on my fourth bamboo show, and watching it, and the others, has made me think about something I'd never really considered before. It was during the finale of season two of Velvet, a show about a high-fashion couture store in Madrid in the 50s, that I thought, watching that character cry is one of my favorite things on screen. I could watch that guy cry for five more hours. And that reminded me of how much I enjoyed the crying of another man in another show by the same production company, Gran Hotel. These creators show men crying in a way I have never seen in American media. I'll start with my favorite crying man and the one who inspired me to think about this. On Velvet, Pedro is often the comic relief of the show. He's a man who cannot stop talking especially about the woman he loves, to absolutely everyone, strangers on the train, his boss, anyone who will listen. It's very funny and a little ridiculous, but heartfelt. And this character also cries fairly often, almost always from joy. We don't really see him crying from sadness or despair. He cries, tears streaming down his face from love and affection. 
He cries with love for his son, for his friends, and for the woman for whom he pines. I find it quite beautiful. And I do not think I've ever seen such a thing on American TV. I've seen it in real life, I'm grateful to say, but on screen? Never before. Anyway, the tears that really made me think about this were not Pedro's lovesick tears. They were his tears of empathy. Pedro, played by Adrián Lastra, by the way, I shouldn't ignore the extraordinary skill of this actor in this, expressed his sympathy to an older man who had lost the woman he loved. And Pedro's eyes filled with tears, and so did mine, and damned if we didn't all cry together. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Two men crying together is apparently my jam. Attention, American media producers. I think you can start to make a dent in your toxic masculinity machine by putting more crying men on your screens. Which brings me to the other crying man, the one from Grand Hotel. Unlike Pedro on Velvet, who is pure clumsy goodness, Diego on Grand Hotel is the bad guy. We know he's bad from the minute we meet him. He's manipulative and dangerous, and from the start we are worried about the female lead who is being compelled to marry him. He is trouble with a capital T. And as the show goes on, he turns out to be a crier. He cries about genuinely difficult stuff. He cries over his troubled personal history and over his feelings for Alicia, the female lead. In fact, I think it is only when he is with Alicia that we see him cry. He sometimes seems to be genuinely distressed and sometimes seems to be using his emotions to manipulate her. I found it really extraordinary to watch a villain authentically cry. I feel like I've seen villains perform tears before, usually in a mocking way like, Boo-hoo-hoo, Batman, I'll get you later but I have never seen a bad guy use his own real tears as a weapon in his arsenal. I found it extraordinarily compelling. Because Diego's tears are successful at shifting the tone of the room he's in, in the fiction, but also in my response as an audience member. He evokes my sympathy too, even though I've seen all the bad things he's done. He shifts the needle, if only for a moment, and makes us sympathize with him. I've heard about women weaponizing tears and seen it demonstrated in Amy Cooper, but I'm not sure, again except with Amy Cooper, I ever really saw how that worked. But with Diego, I understand how he's weaponized his tears, just like he's weaponizing everything else. I've never felt such a contradictory set of responses to a really terrible villain getting their just desserts before. I was mostly cheering, but also feeling sorry for him. It is masterful, both from a writing side and a performance perspective. Again, the actor should get so much applause. Thank you, Pedro Alonso. Thinking about this range of men crying within a small sample size of Spanish TV produced by Bamboo Productions... I realized how limited my experience of this in American performance has been. We fetishize tears here, of course. Actors who cry and snot win awards, so it's not that we never see men cry. But the context is so much wider for crying than what ends up on American screens. 
I feel like there's a door to open here. There's a way to both expand our emotional vocabulary on screen and because things that happen on our screens impact our lives, it might spread out into our world too. I feel like a world where more men might be allowed to be like Pedro and cry for joy and for love and for empathy would be a better world. One in which I might be able to stop watching Spanish TV exclusively. So I I have gotten no further in Velvet. I was advised that the first two seasons were the best ones and uh, that three and four were maybe not the greatest. So I'm waiting till I absolutely can't take it anymore and I need to get back in that world. (laughs) Because the end of season two felt like a really nice ending, actually. So uh, if you are interested and you care to join me in that strategy... It's, it's, it feels, if the, I, I mean, I don't know what happens in seasons three and four, but, but here, from here, it's, it's very nice. It's a nice ending. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what this obsession with Spanish TV shows is all about, but it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's real. <laughs> and I tried to learn how to, uh, like rip a scene, like be able to, cause I couldn't find this available anywhere, but on Netflix and you can't like link to a scene on Netflix in a blog. Uh, cause I thought people would like to see this scene. It's only like, you know, 20 seconds or 30 seconds or something. Um, but I, I bet it, I could not figure out the tech. I did make a gif of the scene, but, um, it's not the same. It's just not the same. Um, yeah, so I think you have to go on Netflix, unfortunately, to see it. It's the finale of season two, if you want to see the scene, and it's pretty early on, uh, in terms of Velvet. If you want to see, uh, Diego in Gran Hotel, it's like all over the place. He cries all the time. It's amazing. It's re- I mean, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. Like I, I, when it was happening, I was impressed by it. I was like, wait a second, this guy's making me feel so sorry for him. And I know he's a bastard. And, uh, it's, it's just not a strategy you ever see an American actor employ. Um, and, and I feel like if I had seen someone employ it on screen before, I could have been forewarned about a few people in my life. Not recently, but you know, it's a it's a good thing to be aware of that 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 could happen. <laughs> anyway, I mean nothing as bad as what happens on Grand Hotel. Let me tell you. So for uh, a song here, of course, I had to choose uh, one of my favorites from "Free to Be You and Me," called "It's All Right to Cry." And uh, this song is sung by Rosie Greer, who uh, was a football player, is a football player. I don't know if he's still with us, but um, he's like, you watch the video and you're like, that is a tough guy. And he's singing a song about crying, which is really, I feel like pretty brilliant. Um, Marlo Thomas, my hat is off to her because Free to Be You and Me, I mean, it was formative for me for sure. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it was a, a record. Now it might be, I guess you could get it digitally, maybe. I don't know. But I had the record. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was like a deliberate, um, like, looking at gender roles and uh, hoping to shake them up a bit. And 
Yeah, it's it's good stuff. So uh, if you haven't heard Free to Be You and Me, obviously you should. It is a collection of songs and stories. And I think there may even be like a film version. Like there's like film of some of them. Anyway, check it out. Also, my dad used to sing me It's All Right to Cry when I was not quite as forthcoming with my emotions as a child. So it is extra special for me. Uh, I mean, it was meant for, for boys, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, but you know, all of us can take it on board. It is all right to cry for all of us. Um, yeah, so uh, if you like the podcast, please tell someone. Thank you. And uh, if you'd like to support it, there's patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis, also Kofi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. So I will play for you shortly. It's All Right to Cry by Rosie Greer. And uh, I will just say that it's on ukulele. And uh, I have cut the last little tag in the recording. He says at the end, like uh, spoken over the the final chords he says uh it's all right to cry little boy I know some big boys who cry too which I think is incredibly important I'm sure for for boys of certainly in the 70s when this was recorded and probably still now um but as a young person I definitely felt a little bit excluded by it by being a girl so I just thought I'd let it go uh, just to be as inclusive as possible in case I ever put together a second album of lullabies and this one could go on it for everybody. Because it's all right for everyone to cry, no matter their gender. So uh, here it is. It's all right to cry. It's all right to cry. Crying gets the sad out of you It's alright to cry It might make you feel better Raindrops from your eyes Washing all the mad out of you Raindrops from your eyes It's gonna make you feel better It's alright to feel things Though the feelings be strange feelings are such real things and they change and change and change sad and grumpy down in the dumpy snuggly ugly mean and ugly sloppy slappy hoppy happy change and change and change it's alright to feel things, though the feelings may be strange. Feelings are such real things, and they change and change and change. It's alright to know feelings come and feelings go. It's alright to cry. It might make you 